You are listening to a download from the Drama Merchant. Descend into the stories of yesterday, into worlds of science fiction, the unknown and supernatural. Be prepared to listen to some astounding stories. John Gardner made up his mind to buy his wife a very unusual present, one she could not resist. So he asked the salesman to show him The Obedient Servant by S. M. Tennyshaw. They quarrelled at breakfast. This was not strange because they quarrelled often. But it bothered him after he'd called for his car and was on the way to his office. He realised she was the only one left. The realisation came suddenly, and now he was frightened. This strange man who needed his friends as a spider needs flies, in order to survive. His wealth had drawn them, of course. A fact he refused to believe, but even unlimited resources could not hold them. An insult and abuse drove them all away. Yet he continued to insult and abuse while painfully seeing them leave because that was the kind of man he was. Until now, they were all gone. The dear ones, the relatives, even the fauners, and he realised in panic that only Dolores was left. But he was nervous. He knew this quarrel had to be patched up because he had too much at stake. And knowing only one way to patch a quarrel, he frowned and pondered. A gift, of course. But what? She had everything. Another diamond necklace? Another ruby ring. Somehow, he felt neither would do the trick this time. The quarrel had been very bitter. Then he remembered, and smiled, and told his chauffeur, There's a store I noticed in the international building. Camus and Company. Stop off there. He marched into the richly decorated showroom and said, I'm John Gardiner of Gardiner Industries. I understand you've got something new. The clerk almost snapped his spine bowing. John Gardiner. Mr. Billions himself. If he could get him on the customer list, it would be a tremendous prestige boost. Indeed we have, sir. I imagine you are referring to our new unit, Domestic 2. I don't know what you call it, but it's the servant robot you people have spent millions publicising. Will it actually do what you claim? Oh yes. Our advertising was underplayed, if anything. You see, Mr. Gardner, robots have been found quite satisfactory for assembling work, manufacturing operations and the like, where they functioned as mere automatons. I know, Gardner said coldly. I use 700 of them in small parts assembly. But only now has Karmas been able to individualize the robot and endow it with a real intelligence. The process involved a new sensitizer we developed. This device is motivated by a microwave control individualized to the unit itself. The result, Mr. Gardiner, is basic intelligence and unswerving devotion. Each unit is, you talk too much, Gardiner growled with his usual tact. Trot one of those things out and let me look over it. Certainly, sir. The clerk scurried away, fearful of offending this powerful man. A few moments later, the drapes parted and a robot walked into the room. Gardiner scrowled at it. He was disappointed. Rather tall, isn't it? 
The clerk, following close behind the robot, said, True, the height is 9 feet 3 and 1 quarter inches, and the arm span 6 feet 2 inches. The body and the appendages are well padded with our new Vino Live plasticine, almost a flesh equivalent. The hands you will note, sir, are absolute masterpieces of human ingenuity. The unit can powder a rock or pick up a pin. Let me demonstrate. It's about time, Gardner growled. The demonstration was spectacular. The robot took a one-inch steel bar in its hands and formed a loop. It threaded an old-fashioned sewing needle, then picked up a fragile vase and moved it tenderly across the room. The clerk beamed with justifiable pride. Tell the gentleman your qualifications, Raymond. The robot looked at Gardner through two blue electronic eyes and said, I can perform any task a human servant can perform. I will be more devoted and loyal than a human servant could possibly be. Your commands will be obeyed without question. Your wishes will always be fulfilled to the limit of my power. You and you alone will be my god. The salesman coughed apologetically. A little flowery, I'm afraid, but our advertising and sales engineers demanded it. Where does the voice come from? Ah, another Carmis innovation. An ultrasonic selector draws the words from a storage wire attuned to... Enough chatter. I'll take one. The salesman beamed. Where would you like it delivered, sir? I'll take it with me. I plan it as a surprise gift for my wife. The salesman's smile vanished. Then perhaps you could bring the lady here to our establishment. No, Gardner scrowled. Why should I? As I was endeavouring to explain, sir, the units are of necessity completely individualised. The controlling factor is the electronic wavelength of the owner's brain. As you know, the frequency of every human brain varies. No two are alike. That is the key to the whole concept of domestic two. We... Will you quit babbling and get to the point? Gardner bellowed. Tell me in simple words why I can't take the robot with me. Because, sir, the clerk answered. To be of any value to your wife, the unit will have to be keyed to her brain frequency. Gardiner stomped the floor. Then you've wasted my time. We can't do business. My wife would never come down here. But the adjustment only takes a few minutes. We had a quarrel, you fool. She won't even unlock her bedroom door for me. The whole idea of this thing was something to surprise her out of her anger and bring about reconciliation. Gardiner was striding towards the door. The clerk was frantic. This sale would have got him company recognition. In desperation, he hurried after Gardiner. May I make a suggestion, sir? Gardiner turned. All right, make it. It occurred to me that you might have the unit attuned to your own frequency, temporarily, that is. You could present it to the lady, then at her leisure, she could call here and have the frequency changed to correspond to her own. Gardiner scrowled. Why didn't you say that in the first place? How long does this adjustment take? Oh, only a few minutes, the clerk said eagerly. If you will just step this way, sir. Come, Raymond. Raymond sat hunched beside the chauffeur, who was a trifle nervous. But the chauffeur hid his agitation because John Gardiner paid well and had been known to discharge chauffeurs who displeased him and leave them standing on the street corners without jobs. Gardiner ordered him to turn and go back home. As they rode, Raymond stared straight ahead, 
a pleasant light glowing in his blue eyes. When the car stopped under the portico, Gardiner said, Get out and open the door, Raymond. The robot said, Yes, Master, and obeyed instantly. The chauffeur, shouldered aside by the robot, looked worried. Gardiner noted this and enjoyed adding to the man's discomfort. Maybe they build one that can drive a car. In that case, I won't be needing you much longer. Inside, the robot gently lifted Gardiner's coat from his shoulders, hung it in the closet, then returned to Gardiner's side. Have you any further wishes, Master? Aladdin's genie come true, Gardiner thought, and amused himself for a few minutes, putting the robot through a series of grotesque duties. Perhaps he would get one of these units for himself also. Then he turned his mind to Dolores. She was no doubt still in her room, but this new toy would make her forget their quarrel. He visualised her laughing interest. He could already see her clapping her hands like the child she was and rushing into his arms. Gardiner turned to the robot. Raymond, go up the stairs and knock on the first door to your right. It's your mistress's room. Tell her I'm waiting. Bring her to me. The robot nodded, and Gardiner thought a look of adoration glowed in its eyes. It said, Yes, master. And moved towards the stairs. Gardiner sat down. He smiled to himself, anticipating the reunion. There was a crash of rendering wood. The sound chilled Gardiner, froze him so that the angry scream that followed was anti-climax. But it brought movement back to his legs, and he lunged towards the stairs. He bellowed an order. Too late. The robot was already descending. It carried the dead body of Dolores in its still arms. Her head hung limply on a horribly twisted neck. She refused to come, Master, the robot said. This episode of Astounding Stories was created, narrated, and edited by Nathan Schultz, otherwise known as the Drama Merchant. All sound effects were homemade and edited by him in his garage. Music was created by Kevin McLeod and can be found on Incompetech Film Music. To visit the website or the music titles used in this episode, click on the links in the body of the podcast. The Obedient Servant was written by S.M. Tennyshaw and appeared in the publication Imagination Stories of Science Fiction and Fantasy, June 1956. Stay tuned for our next episode. That's all for today, and if you're enjoying this podcast, please remember to hit the subscribe button so more theatre lovers can find the show. Also remember, I have a free subscriptionship for anybody who wants to be the first to find out what plays I'm working on, both audio and live, and other exciting news. Just head over to www.thedramamerchant.au. If you have an idea for a story or a commercial project you need a voiceover actor for, please get in touch at thedramamerchant at hotmail.com.